Des Moines and all of Central Iowa, welcome to Max World Live. Max World is your world. Every day we talk about the issues and topics that matter most to you. And as always, it's your voice we want to hear in Max World. So join the conversation by calling 515-244-0077. And now, here's the host of Max World Live, J. Michael McCoy. Seven minutes after four o'clock on the 12th day of February in the Lord's year 2016. Uh, I'm J. Michael McCoy. Welcome to the uh, Friday edition of Max World Live. Always 15% more fun. We enjoy having you along today. Uh, a couple of reminders. Uh, as Frank said, you better cover up the tulips. It's going to go down below freezing this weekend. So we don't want any of those beautiful outside spring. Oh, no, I, they would have already been dead if you hadn't covered them by now. Okay, that was stupid, Mac. Uh, the other thing is, remember, Valentine's Day is Sunday. Now, if you want to see something funny, you sit in Walgreens between about 8 a.m. and 1 p.m. on Sunday and watch all these men coming in to buy Valentine's Day cards. Well, that's another thing my wife won't let me do. We were talking, we were talking about Valentine's Day earlier, and and how sometimes it's an important holiday, sometimes it's not. Maybe holiday is the wrong word to use. But I was saying earlier that years ago, years and years ago, I used to send my wife beautiful bouquets of roses and just flowers, big ones, big ones. Uh, Tommy Boson would just do a great job for me and send these huge bouquets. And the re and why why do men send their wives or girlfriends flowers to the office? Because all the other girls go, oh, he's so wonderful. What a lucky girl you are to have a guy like Mac. <laughs> so for some reason, she had told me to stop doing that. So I cannot send flowers to her office anymore. Well, it creates... Yeah, because the women don't like that. Right. The other women. Other women. It creates tension in the workplace and hostility and jealousy and rage. Absolutely. And knife fights and all kinds of terrible stuff. People start poisoning each other's coffee. It just gets nasty. Yeah. All right, so the next, I, I don't agree with you, but that's okay. The next thing my wife won't let me do anymore, she won't let me buy a store-bought card. She thinks that's a waste of money, 3 $4 for these cards. You know what my dad does. So should, I have to make should, them. You should do this. You should do this. It saves money and everything. The two of you together go to Walgreens, you pick out the Valentine's card you like, yeah. and you hand it to her, she reads it, and then you yeah. put it back on the shelf. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Women buy a dress. And they leave the tag on it. They wear it to the big party that night. And then on Monday, they take it back. But this, you don't even have to take it out of the store. You just, you're right there. You know, that's a cool idea. Did you just come up with that? No, my, my dad, seriously, my dad actually does that. Really? On birthdays, on Valentine's <laughs> Day, he will. This is the card I would have bought for you. Honey, we're going to Walgreens for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Either that or you just buy one and just keep it every year and show it and then put it away. Oh, I could do that. Sign it. Or you just go to the dollar store and buy a card for a dollar. That's true, too. You know, the dollar store is a much better value than anybody gives it credit for. I like shopping at the dollar store. And when you have grandkids, it's great because you can fill up a bag of unnecessary plastic objects <laughs> and take them home to your grandkids who are, you know, five and seven. And they think it's cool because Grandpa just gave them a whole bag full of uh, unimportant plastic objects. And that is a great tip for young dads, too. I've taken Absolutely. my I've taken my daughter on a daddy-daughter. <laughs> Daughter date to the store. She can play with all the stuff, and we go home with something goofy. You know, it's it's absolutely a blast. 
And they have all the really funny stuff, like in the toy section, they got the oversized glasses and the clown yeah. ties. They got yeah. all this dress-up stuff, and just have a good time in there. Yeah, my uh, my second, well, I guess it's my youngest grandson, uh, turned five this week. And so for we're having his birthday party Saturday afternoon, and I told him that I would take him to get his favorite food, and then we'd go shopping and he could buy something. And I think I was stuck with taking him to Toys R Us, but I think you just gave me a good idea. I there think we're go. going to the dollar store. <laughs> There's cool stuff there, man. Yeah. There's, they've got those. They've got the bags of Army guys. You know, slim the, Jims. They got Slim Jims. They got for Slim a Jims for a dollar. Those are really horrible well, for you, you, though. Are they bad? You, you, you have to go. Gym. You might as well just eat fertilizer. You have to go to. <laughs> all dollar stores aren't created equal. If you want to get everything for a dollar, you have to go to Dollar Tree. Oh, is that right? Because Dollar Tree, everything in the store is a dollar. Other Dollar Generals and Dollar Stores, there's things that's a dollar, but not everything in the store is a dollar. Right. Dollar General is just a convenience store. That name it that I've made that mistake really? too. Dollar General is just a convenience store. You go in there, you could pay five dollars for a stick of gum. Go to Dollar Tree. Everything in the store. Where's is the Dollar a Tree? Uh, well, there's one down here on Douglas. But oh yeah, that's right, right there by Martin Luther King. I've been yeah, in there. It 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 used to be a dollar something, and then they changed it Isn't to Dollar there Tree. There one where Northern Tools is right in that shopping yes. area. Yes, yes there is Northern Tools right, right here right across here. on Merle Hay Road. Oh okay. Yep. There's a Dollar Tree. There's a dollar right next to the Chinese food buffet. Yep. It's a huge store. He doesn't oh, that know. that way, yeah. I don't know. I pointed yeah, the wrong if you direction. Put, if, you, if you direct me where it's by a buffet, I'll know it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you're right. there. So that's what I'll do yeah. with my grandson. I'll take him to the dollar store, and I'll tell him he can have 10 things. Another cool plug that's I'll be in a that. Hero. Another cool plug <laughs> that's in that shopping Matt. center. <laughs> what? There's also another cool thing in that shopping center. Salvation Army just opened up. They did, in that shopping center? In that sh- uh, maybe just north of there. On the same side of the road. Brand new. Just opened up like a week or two ago. Yeah, where did they go to? They went, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. All right. So uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, third time back. Second time back on the radio. Yeah. Yep. Got to get right on that mic. Uh, Pastor Nick Reed from Creekside Church. Services at 1030 on Sunday morning and Wednesday starting at 530. Uh, celebrations for all ages. And uh, uh, you are a non-denominational that's right. Yeah. And as we learned last time, you're here because your wife is from this area. Yep. And she wanted to move back here. Uh, yeah. And you asked her out, what did you say, 13 times till she said yes? Yes. I think it probably gets more every time I tell the story, oh, but that? at least six. Did she listen to the show? Yeah. Live? Oh, uh, she tried to, yeah. but the kids didn't let okay. that happen. So did she disagree with anything you said? <laughs> I, mean, I think dude, she's. I think. I think she's resigned to agree with it by now. Maybe the first few times I told the story, she disagreed with it. With with how you guys got with together. how I told the story. Ah, but why didn't you bring her so she could tell the story? I will sometime. I'd like that. I've told it so many times that I think she'll tell my version now. And, so <laughs> foolish boy, foolish, foolish boy. Um, and you guys co-pastor that church. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk about some of the exciting things that are going on at uh, Creekside Church. That's on 86 behind Panera. used to be called Olivet Baptist, and they uh, went away. Yeah. yeah. You're the only church in there. Yeah, we bought the building from them, and they they offered to sell it to us, and a lot of them joined us. Some of them went to other Baptist churches, but um, but they're great people, and we love them. We love having them. Absolutely. Do they come up and give you some Baptist information, like you should be doing this or you should be doing that? 
you would think, but no, they don't. They, we, They're I mean, just happy to be it's, there. A, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's totally a God thing. All right. Well, that's fun. And uh, lots of stuff going on there. And as the hour progresses, we're going to talk about some evangelism issues. We're going to talk about uh, Occupy Your Street, which is something your church is doing. Mm-hmm. Did you come up with that? No. Uh, it's a good idea. Yeah. Pastor Carl Lentz from New York City Hillsong. I heard oh, yeah. it first from him. And um, it's, just a, it's just a concept that's taken off uh, for us. Uh, it's been really effective. So. And tell me what it is. Um, we say Occupy Your Street because every single person in our, in our uh, church has a different street. So your street is not just where you live. Uh, it, it includes where you live. It's where you work. Um, it's where you frequent, anywhere you frequent, whether it's uh, a restaurant, a barbershop. Burlheim Mall. Um, anywhere. Yeah, anywhere that you go regularly. Um, we've encouraged our members to name their street out loud and then to occupy that with the gospel. And so... Um, we say don't covet somebody else's street because uh, you're not going to be as good on it as they would be. Um, so, uh, like, I go to Great Clips to get my hair cut, and so that's my street. That's part of my street. I, uh, I work out, so that's part of my street. Um, my oh, literal I street is part saying. of my street. So where I live my life on a daily, uh, weekly, monthly basis, that's my street. And okay. my job is to occupy it with the gospel. So it's not necessarily First Street, Bloom Street, no. Maple Street. It's nope. where you go. Right. It includes where you live. Know your neighbors and love yeah. your neighbors. Um, but the Bible defines our neighbor as like everyone that we run into. So. Bob, you'd be busy because you've got the DCI lab. You got the yep. horse farm. Yeah. Uh, you got Merle Hay Mall. Correct. What else do you have? Where do you go on a regular airport? I don't go there, but... Oh, you don't anymore? Hardly. All right. <laughs> so it's your circle of influence is what you're saying. Exactly, yeah. It, we say that, you know, if we're going to take the, the Great Commission seriously, um, then all of life becomes that mission anyway. And so it's just to occupy it with the gospel. Um, make sure everyone on your street knows that Jesus loves them, first of all. Frank, is there anybody in your entire neighborhood that doesn't know Jesus, that you love Jesus? I mean, I would imagine you're one of those kooks that stand on a soapbox and holler out you're going to hell if you don't love Jesus. No, no. No, you I, don't? No, no altar calls for me for going to hell right. and no altar calls for casting out. And so you'd be Merle Hay Mall. You'd be the Wells Fargo Bank down on Douglas. Yeah. You'd be where The dollar else? store. The Dollar Tree. Wa- dollar Tree. Yeah. Walmart. Walmart. About every grocery store from here to my house. All right. Uh, Harding Hills Hy-Vee. Price Chopper. Price Saver. Wow. Uh, Your cir- circle of influence is huge. Yeah, I meet a lot of people. So, so Chris, yours would be Merle Hay Mall. Uh, does church count? Yeah. West Kirk Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, game stores. Sure, yeah. Game, my, the, my gaming groups. Yeah. KTI Studio. That's Merle Hay Mall, ding dong. Well, I can, yes, I, but. I, my, goal is to, my goal is to get Ron Carlson saved. And every that's that's my long term. <laughs> if I can get that guy, and Ev Ron isn't saved yet. I'm joking. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, that was sarcasm. <laughs> that, that, and okay, I I, see, I hear that now. And uh, <laughs> that probably um, wasn't a good joke. <laughs> every single pizza buffet in town. There you go. Yeah, you go. All right, all right. We're gonna take a break. We're coming back. Fridays are 15 percent more fun. Uh, and if you listen to our other shows, they're a lot of fun. So today's just 15 percent more fun. Our guest is Nick Reed from Creekside Church. Services 1030 on a Sunday morning. They're right behind Panera on 86, the old Olivet Baptist Church. We're coming back. 
and talk about how you can occupy your street, your circle of influence, today live on The Truth. Twenty-one minutes after four o'clock, four twenty-one on the twelfth day of February in the Lord's year, twenty sixteen. I'm Jay Michael McCoy. Don't forget, next Wednesday we have a very special guest. She calls herself the conservative black chick. Her name is Crystal Walters, I believe. Right. Right. Thank you. That's W R I G H T. And if you YouTuber. Uh, you can find an hour-long interview she did on C-SPAN once and uh, get an idea who she is. She's just a very talented young lady who doesn't think that the color of your skin should determine your politics or your worldview or anything like that, and she's wow. very well-spoken. So she'll be here uh, this coming Wednesday, the 17th, and we hope you join us. All right, today's guest, Nick Reed, Pastor Nick Reed from Creekside Church. That's the old Olivet Baptist there behind uh, Panera on 86th Street. Their services are Sundays at 1030 in the morning and then Wednesday night starting at 530, free meal and fun for all ages. And we're talking about one of the things that uh, uh, the pastor is uh, asked his uh, congregation to do, and that's to occupy your street. You know, you had Occupy New York or Occupy Wall Street, and then you had Occupy this and Occupy that, <laughs> and he's doing Occupy Your Street. And explain again kind of what that means. Uh, the idea originally came from Pastor Carl Lentz, um, New York City Hill song, and uh, it means that everywhere that you go regularly, where you live, know your neighbors, um, but where you work, barbershop, gym, restaurants, um, the grocery store, anywhere that you go on a regular basis, occupy that with the gospel. Love on people, uh, know who people are, and let them know that Jesus loves them. And so it's not just like I live on a street, and it's not just that street, it's all the different places I go. Yeah, one of the things I shared... I go a uh, lot of places. Yeah, I know. But one of the things I shared is that sometimes we've, we, we don't really recognize that this is part of my street when we enter a place. Like, I have to physically say to myself, uh, like the last time I went into um, the barbershop, I said, God, this is my street. Help me to occupy it with your love. Um, and it just triggered something in my head. This is my street, so I have to occupy it. Um, it's the same thing with the gym. It's the same thing. So we did an exercise with our small group a couple weeks ago, and we went around and we made everybody say, what is your street? Like, oh, name cool. your street. And numerous people... Um, said the one thing that they hadn't thought of yet was the grocery store. Yeah. Like, yeah. we go to the grocery store all the time. Yeah. And a lot of times we see the same people or same people work yeah. there or whatever. It's time to occupy that and just let people know that Jesus loves them. Um, maybe it's by serving. Whatever opportunities, we also say along with that, whatever God puts in your hand, be faithful with it. Because if you're faithful with the small things, he'll give you bigger things to be faithful with. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, whenever I, uh, speaking of the grocery store, I go to my grocery store, my, it is my grocery store. I go there probably every day of the week for whatever thing we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're not, we don't buy things like for the whole month. Yeah. I'll say, what do you want for dinner, honey? And she'll tell me, and then I'll go buy it and uh, kill it and drag it home and then cook yeah, it for her. <laughs> and whenever I run into somebody that's got little kids, mm -hmm. I always end it with, remember, Jesus loves you. Yeah. And most of the time, I get a good response. A couple times, I have not, yeah. just from perfect strangers. And um, I, I love, I love to catch little kids' attention. 
And one of the ways you do that is you you get down on your knee or whatever, but you bring your head to their level so they're not looking up. So you're on eyeball level with them. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, hi, I love your outfit. Look at those shoes, you know, and just things that make them feel good. And a lot of times they're strangers. And one last thing I say is, remember, Jesus loves you. And I got a look one day from a lady. I, I don't think she knew who Jesus was or if she did, she didn't like him. She's like, don't talk to my kid like that. Well, she oh. didn't say anything. <laughs> she didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, Frank gets that all the time, though. People will stop and tell him, don't talk to my kids. But, um, oh, there's a horrible joke there, and I won't say it. (laughs) But anyway, that's that's pretty cool. So think about where your street is. So we've talked about grocery stores. We've talked about barber shops. We've talked about gyms. We've talked about, uh, I said grocery stores already. We talked about uh, the mall, uh, game groups, horse farms. What have we missed? What, what Dollar Tree store? What What do we? Well, I mean, the place Casey's? that the place that you work, right? Mm-hmm. The place that you work. We're we're not thinking about that because you know, Mac, you and I happen to work in a relatively Christian environment. Relatively, yeah. Um, well, that's the thing about people who work in a Christian environment. To be intentional, we talk about intentionality a lot. Yeah, you have to be very intentional about every piece of your street. Um, Because if we're occupying it with the gospel, we have to be knowing people who don't know the gospel yet. Right. So intentionality is huge. Well, yeah, I would agree. Uh, Obviously, you can become so involved and wrapped up in church that you only associate with fellow church members. Mm Mm-hmm. And you and God's actually not calling you to wit, in in some ways to witness to them. He wants you to witness to everybody, but you need to witness to the unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I mean, we got to love the people in church. Well, I, I want to, you know, Max said that he says to these little kids, you know, remember Jesus loves you. But <clears throat> other than saying to the person that cuts my hair, "Hey, thanks, here's a tip, Jesus loves you," um, I mean, is that? I mean, how, give me some meat, some practical application of how yeah. I occupy some of these locations. Well. I, one of my favorite things that I've learned in ministry so far was when I was in my uh, internship, and Kyle Clarkson, he's the relation to Davy Bloom, as you know that right. name. Uh, he was the youth pastor at the time, so I did my internship with him, and he always said, um, people will be attracted to what we attract them with, right? And so everywhere I go, I think about that, because I think that, that is one very sustainable piece of church growth. Um, we think, are people going to be more apt to stay at a church if they're attracted with um, one big event or one big show um, or whatever that may be? I was just. And then invited. when that show goes away, yeah. What are the, what is holding on to them? And so we we always say, just keep going back, just keep going back, just keep going back, just keep going back, because if people are attracted by the fact that they know somebody at that church loved them, then they're going to keep coming back. They're going to keep coming back. Um, and that's sustainable, you know, because I can keep on loving somebody, but I may run out of energy trying to perform, 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 perform. And sometimes that's going to run out. Or or looking for new ways to to invite uh, somebody, you know, you run out of new activities, you run out of things, you know, even just saying, Hey, come to church at some point, just kind of just that gets mm-hmm. old, but the relationship never gets old, right? Yeah. I was just invited to go to a church because they had uh, double shots of espresso for a dollar. 
And I thought, that's kind of a weak reason to go to church. But <laughs> Not when you're a coffeeholic yeah. like you are. Yeah, right, right, right. That's true. Nick Reed is our guest. He's the pastor at Creekside Church, the former Olivet Baptist Church. They're off 86th behind Panera. Services on Sunday at 1030 in the morning, and then every Wednesday starting at 530. There's a free meal and uh, lots of stuff for all ages. All right, I have a question on uh, Facebook. Hold on just a second. I got to get this up. All right, so Lindsay writes okay um okay so i have a question about occupy your street how would the pastor suggest reaching people without saying jesus loves you i think it's awesome um to say that but here in america a lot of people have heard about jesus and reject him they don't know him they know of him what's a good way to reach people who have heard it but their hearts are hardened or are still blind? It's a great question. Um, we, we say a lot in our church, um, invite somebody in your home before you invite them to church. I think it would be the same kind of concept there. Just start loving people. Um, you don't have to. Um, I think as Christians, we get to the point where we're like, every time we're like, <sighs> And we get our adrenaline pumping, like, I got to share Jesus, I got to share Jesus, I got to share Jesus. Well, sometimes um, people don't care about Jesus until they see how you have loved them. Um, I mean, that's a, it sounds like a cliche. Um, well, it kind of is. People don't know care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, but that's the concept there. Just start loving somebody. Just start serving them. Just start um, being their friend, no matter what their idiosyncrasies are or no matter what their beliefs are. Just start loving them. Start hanging out with them, even if you don't get along with them. The Bible says love your enemies, so just start loving them. Oh, don't say that to people because there's going to be a lot of people hanging around with me now. Yeah, well, yeah. you're supposed <laughs> to hang around with your enemies. Yeah. No, you just said love your enemies. Well, That's as right. my uh, now deceased grandpa used to say, kill them with kindness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds simple, but um, it is—it's a totally lost art. I think that it's just what the church is supposed to do. But we get—we get—we so, try to gear up to evangelize the world around us with our words, which eventually we do need to say something. But um, but then we fail at that, and we sit in our shame for way too long. We're like, ah, I stink at telling people about Jesus. Well. Maybe you should just have a relationship with those people and live life with them. I mean, that's what discipleship is anyway, is lifetime learning. Yeah. And so um, you live life with people, and eventually you're going to have those conversations. I think a thing that was really practical that you said, thinking about neighbors especially, and I don't know about the, the person that cuts my hair at this point, but neighbors especially, invite them into your home before you invite them to church. That's huge. That's huge because I know, you know, um, living in a variety of different places, you can pass out a flyer or tell somebody, hey, I go to XYZ Church and love to have you join me sometime. And that's just awkward sometimes when you barely know someone, um, even if the person's a Christian, mm -hmm. right? Even if I'm a Christian, as a Christian, when someone invites me to their church, that can be a little bit awkward simply because I already have a church. I've never heard of your church. What if your church is weird and you guys do weird things with chickens on Sundays? I, I don't know. But so it's it's a... It if, may you come, if you come to the suburbs, we usually try to do it with a better fowl, like a duck. Like a duck, okay. Yeah, chickens are for the South Suburbs. <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 
church to people means so many different things. Yeah. And even as a Christian, that invitation can be awkward if it doesn't have the life context, right? We talk about uh, Bible teaching all the time. We talk about biblical context, you know, but I think a relationship has to have a context too. I need to know who you are, know you're come from, yep. know that you're, you're, you're like me. You're not necessarily crazy. Um, and uh, Ray Comfort, uh, f- mm-hmm. for people who know who Ray Comfort is, right? The uh, street evangelist. To way of the master. Way of the master evangelism training. One of the things he said, which is very similar to this, is start by um, saying hi to people. People warm to your warmth. It's so rare nowadays. Now, people in Iowa are generally pretty friendly and kind of will just chit-chat about the weather with you or something mm-hmm. like that. But if you can move that conversation a little bit further than just casual conversation and actually show some real care, make some eye contact with someone like that, um, those little things, those exercises of warmth, people respond well to that usually. I was in Walmart uh, this morning. I can't believe you admit you go to Walmart. Yeah, Walmart's <laughs> one of my favorite stores. Hey, I went to Walmart today to fix your problem. I was part of his street. I was at Walmart today, and a and a black gentleman with a Your hat, internet thing, much like Bob's, was walking past me, and his eyes kind of lit up. And for a second, I go, he, I think he might recognize me, and he said hi very cheerfully. Didn't know the guy. I said hi back. You know, I mean, that's what I think you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dude. yeah. Well, yeah. and I would t- I, here. Here's something I use: smile. Yeah. When I, you know, we, we used to be down on the skywalk and I would make sure that I smiled at people and you'd be amazed at how many people approach you. They're not smiling and you get an honest, bright smile, you know, not a fake one, but an honest, bright smile. And then they smile. Yeah. And that makes them feel good. Mm-hmm. How about tracks? Um, I, I don't think they're bad. Uh, personally, I just don't think that here's the problem. Too many people equate Jesus with the way people in the church act. So yeah. you hand them a tract, and they're going to be like, well, I hate people in the church. Nick Reed is our guest. He's the pastor at Creekside Church. We're coming back live here on The Truth. <coughs> He's our special guest. you notice I always say our special guest today is, do you think you could sit in Nick's chair and be the star of this show? Yeah, you can. You have to answer one question first. What are you passionate about? Now, if when I ask that question, you go, hum, let me think. Uh, well, um, passionate. Uh, uh, NASCAR uh, racing. NASCAR racing or Hawkeyes. No, that that's not good. But if I say, what are you passionate about? And you say, oh, Matthew 28. Or you say how Timothy uh, uh, trains us to uh, uh, treat other people inside the church. Or you say, I'm, I, I'm passionate about Genesis. I am passionate about Exodus. I am passionate about Levit. Well, you probably aren't going to get invited on if you're passionate about Leviticus. Or Numbers. I'd love to have somebody tell me why Numbers should be exciting. But it is what it is. But anyway, you're welcome to come. And I yes, I'm talking to you. Just get a hold of me. Answer the question, what are you passionate about? And we'll set up a date and you'll come in. And I will help you with all that. You don't, you don't have to have any skills to come on this show, obviously. You don't have to have any skills. You just, I mean, it's, it's easy, isn't it, Nick? Yeah. You just sit down and we do everything for you. No and you skills just, at all. Yeah, well, I'm not saying you don't have skills, but <laughs> yeah, you don't have radio though. skills. Right. Yeah, so, and, and we'll help you along and I guarantee you'll have a fun time. Why do we do this? Because it's your show. 
I always tell you, it's your voice I want to hear in Max World. Yeah, you can call in 244-0077. You could also text us at the Service Legends Truth Text Talk Line at 515-809-0993. Or you can jump on the chat at webcast1live.com. But if you want to come in and share your passion, you're invited. So don't say you were never invited. All right. Uh, Pastor Nick Reed, Creekside Church. Service is Sunday at 1030 in the morning, Wednesday, 530 in the afternoon. Free meal and then stuff for all ages, all evening long. Now, I want to talk to you about a project you're working on called the Tool Mm -hmm. Project, but it's not T-O-O-L. It's T-U-E-L. What is that? I'm I'm getting the idea maybe that's an acronym. It's a last name. Oh, okay. Um, uh, My wife and I got involved with Farrell's last... um, Last round, she actually beat me. She won the thousand dollars, which was pretty awesome. Um, but um, the guy behind it all for us was his name is Javier Tool. Okay. And the Tool Project uh, has is was created to help people, pretty much, um, to help people stay healthy. Um, and so there's two aspects of the Tool Project. There's the physical aspect. They go to the gym and they. Um, it's called Tool Shed Training. That's one. Um, part of the tool project and they train people to be healthy physically. Um, but then he approached me about uh, doing a YouTube channel show called the preacher and the gym guy. Uh, so I'm the preacher and he's the gym guy. Um, and the thought behind it is we want people to be healthy, mind, body, and soul. Um, and so since I started Ferrell's, I've really, um, it's helped physically, but I love the, the, the correlation between working my body out and working my soul out and working my salvation out and working my spirit out um, and being fit spiritually. Um, and so that's really what we want to uh, do for people. Uh, there's a YouTube channel, The Preacher and the Gym Guy. There's going to be a lot of stuff on Facebook. We make daily videos, if we can, just about what's going on in our lives. Um, and I love it because it's real. Um, it, we don't really shy away from our struggles in it, physically and spiritually. Sure. Um, and so that's just a really cool way that we've gotten to partner up with somebody from the community with our church. Um, Javier started coming to our church. They filmed some stuff there. Um, and so it's, it's a cool way that, that we can kind of partner up with them. Um, but uh, I just wanted to give that shout out to the Tool Project. And it's on be YouTube. A lot of stuff. Yep, it's on YouTube. The Preacher and the Gym Guy. Yes, the Preacher and the Gym and Guy. And obviously you're the Preacher. The Preacher, yeah. That's interesting. T-U-E-L Project. Tool mm-hmm. Project. I'll have to check that out. Maybe maybe that's a show for uh, 99.3. Yeah, it would you be know? awesome. That'd be fun. You yep. could do a show on here. All right. We have a breaking news update. Sad news. Uh, this is Glendale, Arizona. Two 15-year-old female students. Uh, it looks like they uh, had a suicide pack. And uh, they were killed Friday morning in a shooting outside of Independence High School. Now, listen carefully here. Each 10th grader was found with one gunshot wound near the school's cafeteria. One weapon was found near the bodies. When reporters asked whether this was homicide suicide or a double suicide the police said they can't confirm anything but she said investigators don't believe any shooter is at large quote we don't believe that there's any suspects that are still out there they don't know the relationship between the two girls now let's read between the lines for a second 
and I, it's okay to say this because they're probably not listening in Glendale, Arizona, it looked like these two girls had a deal that they were going to die together. And this is, a, this is an ongoing trend in middle schools and high schools. Uh, death packs, suicide packs, etc. A note of interest you might be interested in. One of the Columbine shooters' mother is going to be on Diane Sawyer tonight on ABC TV. And it's kind of a gut-wrenching story that she yeah. really discusses how she is searching her soul, how she might have failed as a parent that caused that 17 years ago. Wow. So. Uh, wow. 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 She needs a 12-step program. Possibly. So anyway, it's just, you know, it just shows you how volatile um, our kids are when you've got two 15-year-old girls who, I mean, obviously, one of them shot the other. I think it's obvious. Maybe it's not obvious to anybody else. But they shot some, one girl shot the other one, and then she shot herself. They wanted to go out together. I don't know. You know, you got kids that age, man. Make sure you're loving on them. Pastor, what do you, what do, you do with your 15-year-olds? I mean, it, the, you don't have 15-year-olds yet, do you? Nope. Mm. Well, I, I, I raised four of them, and now I've raised two grandchildren past 15. Mm. And I can tell you that puberty and those mid-teens is really tough. I, I didn't realize how tough it would be. And I think I see it more in my grandkids than I do my kids, my own kids. But, man, you got to be careful. you got to love them. you got to make sure they know Jesus loves them. And you got to make sure that you're never mad at them. You're mad at their actions. That's a key thing. You are not stupid. You did a stupid thing. Uh, you did not do anything wrong. Your actions were wrong. You made a wrong choice. You are not wrong. And that's, per, that, you know, that's very basic parenting, but it's, it's very important to know. You know, one of the things that was impressed upon me kind of as I, um, as I think about this, you know, my daughter, my daughter's, uh, and someone said this to me, I, I don't know, it may have actually been on 99.3 on the radio, uh, but I heard this, that we need to practice listening, mm. right? My, my daughter, my daughter's seven. And if she wants to tell me about anything, I, I just want to listen. Doesn't matter if it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. She's seven. I understand what you're saying. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to. She needs to know that if she has a or an idea or something she's feeling, that she can talk to me. And I think that's a, that's a really. Because I, I thought being a parent was going to be all about me guiding her, telling her do this. And there's correction. Obviously, there's discipline. There's all that kinds of stuff. But if all we're ever doing, if all I'm ever doing is talking at my kids, when they're doing this stuff, they, no, they could care less about dad, right? But if, if my first words to her are, what did you do today? Oh, that's really cool. What's that? Tell me about this thing and whatever it is. And she just can share everything with me. Um, my well, prayer is that that will open her up to when she is struggling or she's concerned or she's scared or she's upset about something, she knows at least she can talk to us. That I want to know, know what she has to say. Not so much what I have to say to her. Well, and the other thing I want to congratulate you on, we're getting ready to go to a break, is you don't use the television as a, a, a babysitter. No, no, we do stuff together. Yeah, you play games and board games and stuff yeah. like that. All right. Uh, Pastor Nick Reed is our guest from Creekside Church. We're coming back live. We're going to talk about evangelism and how you can get involved. It's live here on The Truth. 
From the REMAX Real Estate Concept Studios, this is Webcast One Live. Ten minutes before the top of the hour, 4.50 on this uh, 12th day of February. Remember, Valentine's Day uh, is coming up. If you just want to have fun watching people, uh, go to your card store, your Walgreens, wherever people buy cards, and go about 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock on Sunday morning, and you'll see tons of men rolling in looking at cards. And now my wife can spend, and I'm not kidding, she can spend 30, 45 minutes looking for a card, right? I go in, I just kill one and drag it home. <laughs> I only need to look at like three or four of them. But my wife won't let me buy expensive Hallmark cards anymore. She said, you do not need to spend 4 or $5 on a card. So I handwrite my Valentine's cards now. And I use kids' crayons. Do you really? Yeah, so they're a little, you know, they're a little more fun that way. That's fun. Nice. That's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah, your mic needs to be up. Thank you very much. Sure, All right, sure. our pastor today is uh, Pastor Nick Reed, Creekside Church, 1030 in the morning on Sunday, and every Wednesday night starting at 530. Talk about evangelism. First of all, define what you consider evangelism. Loving people to Jesus would be the simplest way. Um, that we, but Matthew 28 gives us the Great Commission, um, and it tells us to, to go out. So it's, uh, it's a command, first of all. We're supposed to go. We're not supposed to sit behind our church walls, but we got to go out. We baptize people, and then we teach them to follow Jesus. Um, but if you're baptizing them, it means that they uh, have come to Jesus for salvation first. And so um, evangelism is essentially that is leading people to Jesus. Um, and there's a lot of different ways to do that, but just love Discipleship. Them. Yeah. Would be another word for evangelism or Absolutely. it's a part of evangelism. It's a part of it. Okay. Yeah. Discipleship is the is the entire process. Because a lot of times we can evangelize somebody. The most important part is that their soul is bound for heaven when they believe in Jesus. That is the most important part. But yeah. but we also want them to to go out and do the process as well. We want to multiply. We don't just want to me go out and tell twenty people about Jesus and twenty people get saved. No, it's me tell tell somebody about Jesus. And then I help them get into the Bible, help them grow in their relationship with Jesus, and then they go out and do the same thing. And so for me, one person becomes two, becomes four, becomes six, um, eight, four whatever. Four would be eight, yeah, yeah but that's okay. It's been a long time since yeah, school. But, yeah. um, and two, so, four, six, eight, who do we appreciate? <laughs> Ned. That's, that's right. Um, so, that you know, it's like multiplication instead of addition. Um, it's just strategic, and I think it's the way that Jesus did it too. Yes, Frank, you're waving your hand over there like a third grader. What Bob, do you want to say? Bob was asking a pastor yesterday about the parable of the talents. Mm -hmm. Would would the parable of the talents uh, be applicable to evangelism? Absolutely. I think, like, because we say, it, like what I said earlier, you be faithful with what God puts in your hand, and he'll give you more to be, th be faithful with. Um, you go bury what he's given you um, in your salvation and in the Great Commission. I mean, you're saved. You're going to heaven. But 1 Corinthians 3.10 talks about the fact that every, when we stand before Jesus, as a believer, my sin will not be seen. Because when I stand before Jesus, it's not about what I did wrong. It'll be Jesus judging my actions for what I did for his kingdom or not for his kingdom. So everything will be laid bare and liter literally tested by fire. And the things that survive will be the silver, the gold, those things. But those 
are cre- the silver and the gold that survives the fire is created by things I did while on earth for the kingdom of God. Everything else that I did for myself or for earthly reasons will be burnt up and I'll suffer loss because I can't take those things with me to heaven. I'll still get into heaven um, because I believed in Jesus for salvation. But evangelism is one of the biggest things that we'll be rewarded for. I mean, we're faithful with people's souls because Jesus told us to and be. Paul said something about counting all things as loss except yeah. for? Except for Jesus. I mean, that's what we gain. Uh, Pastor Nick, I, you said something in an earlier segment, too, because there is, I, I listened to you say that. I think, okay, I, I know that I failed many times mm-hmm. to share Jesus when opportunity has been uh, opened up to me. You know, and that little bit of yeah. that little bit has been put in my hand, as you, you talked about earlier. I was unfaithful with that little bit in my hand. But you also commented that we tend to beat ourselves up a lot about that. Uh, what, what, what do you say to that, that person who is thinking, yeah, I try to do that. I'm just not very good at it. Um, there's a book called that's what's so amazing about grace. Um, so I'll just use that. I mean, grace to me is that, yeah, we've been given what we don't deserve in salvation, but it's also every time we don't live up to the standard because we don't, we just never will. Jesus says, okay, get back up, keep going. I mean, it's clear in the Bible that Jesus doesn't look at the, God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He doesn't look at our actions necessarily as much as he looks at our heart. And so, um, yeah, we beat ourselves up over it, but we're like, okay, well, I'm going to get up because Jesus loves me. And he's saying, get up and let's just keep going. So our guest has been uh, pastor Nick Reed from Creekside church. That's the old, uh, Olivet Baptist church there on 86th behind Panera services on Sunday morning at 10:30, and then Wednesday nights, five 30, a meal, and then all ages. Uh, look forward to having you back again, Nick. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me. I want to close today's show with something special, and I'm, I'm not going to reveal names if you'll just trust me that what I'm telling you is true. About a year ago, uh, a gentleman uh, walked into my Bible study uh, at my church on a Wednesday morning. I have a group of men that we get together. We're kind of misfits, to be honest with you. I've got everything from multimillionaires to guys that are uh, puffing on vapor cigarettes. Uh, It doesn't matter how much money they have or what they do or who they are. It matters whether they're seeking Jesus. And a man walked into the class, uh, an older man, kind of shuffled in. It was kind of cute. And he said, I'm looking for Max. And uh, after Kelly Lindbergh fell off his chair, he said, well, I think you're talking about Mac and he's right here. And over the course of the next next uh, few uh, months, uh, this man came every single week, didn't speak much and really poured himself into our Bible study. And one of the things that I try to teach my guys that it's it's not about religion. It's about relationship. Well, about four weeks ago, we did a course called Core. And core is one of the exercises is in in core is when you dig deep and lay out your life map and you find out where God was inside of things in your life that you never thought he was there. Maybe you didn't even know him when these things happen. But this process has a way of showing people how God has always been there in their lives. After we got done with that exercise, uh, this gentleman in tears said to me, he said, uh, uh, I know, I know Jesus now. I found out later on that man's been coming to that church for 20 years, even taught Sunday school. His wife came up to me at the funeral and said, uh, 
my husband came home the other day after doing core with you and he said he now has a relationship with Jesus he doesn't belong to a religion that's what it's all about Jesus used our men's group to bring this man who had lived 60 some years within a religion brought him to the foot of the cross wrapped his arms around Jesus's feet and knew he had a relationship with his Lord and Savior that gentlemen and ladies is why we do what we do here at the truth so tonight go home wrap your arms around the ankles of Jesus make sure you forgive those people that you've hurt because the good book says as you forgive you shall be forgiven I'll see you in church <laughs>